0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue
0: corner, John the Pong
1: Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in. in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Nice. All
0: right, hello to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast, number 193. We are back after long nights, big travel days. But we are dedicated into talking about the combat sports world and everything that is happening in MMA, boxing, and if there's something in some foreign land that comes with combat sports, we're going to sometimes talk about it. Joshua Thompson, how you feeling after all that travel, baby?
1: Travel? I mean, you should have asked me how I'm feeling after all that drinking. <laughs> <What> the- <laughs> Jeez, man. Arizona, I love you. Phoenix was amazing. The people were amazing. Um, the weather was amazing. Everything about that. The whiskey Show. was amazing. Yeah, the whiskey was very good, by the way. It was <laughs> awesome. We had a great time. It was just a great night of uh, fights. The The fans were on fire, and um, it was great, man. The fights were amazing as well. So uh, I can sit here and say it all day long. But, hey, before we talk about anything further than this, Let's go to our YouTube channel as well as all of our audio platforms. Hit, the, hit that subscribe button. Okay. And also hit that little bell so you get the notifications. We do a midweek show that we drop. And we also do a couple other little shows that are in the middle of there somewhere. And we drop those at really weird times to keep you guys on your toes. And so when we do that, that little bell will notify you when those, when our shows drop. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We want to thank you guys for following our show. Now let's move on. Let's talk about, let's talk about the UFC. I and mean, we had a great time in Phoenix with Bellator, but let's talk about the UFC first. Um, look, let's just – I think the headline, John, really comes down to guys like Andre Orlovsky still doing it, still getting it done, that type of stuff. Jim Miller still getting it done. They're I mean, that to, that to me is just – it's insane. I mean, it lets me know, like, I did it for a long time, but to see these guys still out there getting wins, still fighting hard, still putting their heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears all into it, it's – that to me, that was the kind of what the night was all about. So when I watched these fights, I was thinking to myself, when these two guys stepped in that cage, damn man, you guys are fucking animals. You guys are still savages, doing your thing, you know. And Jim just being a stud, an animal as well. So talk to me, Goose. What do you got?
0: I I look at it the same way. A lot of people looked, and I heard a lot of stuff about, oh, the cart sucked. And it's like, okay, it wasn't. You know, obviously it wasn't one of their better ones. But if you're gonna look at something and take something away from that night. Mm-hmm. You got to take something away from Jim Miller. That was a big time knockout, a big (gasps) Big win. And, you know, when you had even said you had heard that this might be his last fight, his walk away fight. I'm not saying it is. We heard, well, maybe that's not so he could be still fighting more, but still fighting at the level that he is the way he is and then getting, you know, what was it? 14 seconds into the second round. I mean, it was right away. Huge big knockout, put him away. Incredible, but Let's talk about Andre Arlovsky, because I, I want you to think about this, and I was just thinking about this on the plane ride from Phoenix because I had watched the fights without any commentary. as I was commenting, I put the thing on, I was watching kind of both everything stuff, and we were doing our preliminaries as their main card was on. Andre Arlovsky has been with the UFC before Dana White. okay. That's fucking- Oh wait, he was pre Zufa. I can't think, and I was trying to think of any other fighter on their roster that was actually there before Zufa came in, the Fertitas buying the UFC. Mm-hmm. Now Andre had his moment that he left for a while and he you know fought with affliction and fought with World Series yeah. of Fighting and those things, you know, strike force, but came back. But it's amazing because the UFC was bought by the Fertitta's in 2000, it's 2021. Yeah, We talk about 10 years of fighting is a good career. And that's, you know, if you have that, you, you've had a really good career. We're talking, he's over doubled that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing, over 50 fights. And if you're going to be honest about where he's at right now, you know, his last two fights are both wins. You know, he's he is definitely the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. For the UFC. He's a guy who's, you know, they're putting in there, and then when they have a person that they think, this guy could be one of our upper echelon, one of our more top-tier talent, we're going to see. They put him against Andre, and if he can win, they go, yeah, he's that guy. And if he can't, they go, I don't think he's going to be that guy, because Andre can still fight. He, he puts people in position. He fights, you know, different than he did in the past, but he fights smart now. At least he's listening to his corner as far as not getting into the brawl at times when he shouldn't be getting into the brawl and you know, he's he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing guy. He's gone through a ton in his life and, you know, a lot of things that people don't know about and things that I'm not going to bring up, but he's just a phenomenal human being. And the fact that he's still fighting and winning, you know, just an amazing story.
1: Yeah. When we talk about like people's longevity in, in their careers and, He's somebody when when he left the UFC for a while that people were like, oh, he gets knocked out all the time. His chin's gone. He's, he's done. done. Yeah. Here he is, ten years later, still doing the thing. That's you it. know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy because he's reinvented himself, and a lot of older fighters have found ways to like they keep trying to be what they were, and he he didn't do that. He reinvented himself to make sure he didn't take as much damage. Now his chin's still a little suspect, but he's forty two years old. Yeah. Jim Miller. He he's, he's been known to have a great chin but he also too took some big shots in that in that first round and yeah. he got wobbled a little bit he got in trouble oh, yeah. because at that age doesn't matter when you start hitting that 36 37 38 your chin is not the same your your brain gets rattled a lot easier and you just can't take the shots that you used to when you were 26 25 whatever it is 28 you know in your early 30s and so when i look at when i look at um his performances he's learned how to fight smarter and I'm surprised that these younger fighters aren't just going out there, just trying to barrage him with big shots. They're trying. They they walk out there, and they pull, think, him in, oh, pull him pull him into space. that oh.
0: gunslinging battle.
1: Yes, I know. Get him in there, and I don't. But he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't jump into it anymore, which is great. But he, he fights very smart, which is also great. But these young fighters, I'm surprised they they don't. They're, they're either showing him too much respect. Or they're really afraid to get knocked out by, you know, a former champion, but a, a, someone who is older, and they don't pull the trigger. So the first two rounds, right? Uh, Carlos was not—he really wasn't pulling the trigger. He wasn't throwing enough. Yeah. When he when he did throw and he did land, Andre respected it, circled out. <coughs> Excuse me, Andre respected it, circled out. When he did, he was able to get his wits back about him and start touching Carlos again with his hands. Overall, when we start talking about fight IQ. This is what we're talking about. He made the adjustments, not just in the cage, but in the way he trains, the way he performs, all of those things, he's made those adjustments. And I'm telling you, I don't know how much longer he's going to fight, but those of you guys that are still watching him fight, you guys are being treated to something special. Because like you said, having a fighter that's been there longer than Dana White has been there, that's insane. Absolutely insane.
0: I did his fight against Aaron Brink back in 2000. I don't know what the month was. Oh, I can't remember. But I remember it was UFC 28. And, you know, he was this, you know, young stud from Russia, the uh, Ukraine and stuff. And he was like, man, Belarus. You go, Who is this guy? And he pulled an arm bar off. <laughs> it was like, you know, he had his moments where you went and you go, there was that time when he won the heavyweight title. You know, look, he was a stud. You know, he had heavy hands, man. And, you know, he could, he could swat. Yep. Very Fast. athletic. So, it, it, like I said, amazing when you think of all that time, all the fights, and the level that he has fought. Because he's fought everybody. Think yeah. about it. You know, when, when he went and he left the UFC, there, there was a whole thing that, you know, that went on there for a while. And, and I will tell you this. I, I know part of the story, what, you know, Lorenzo, really wanted to re-sign uh, andre he did not want him to go and he offered him he offered him a really nice contract and andre had made up his mind with his manager leo at the time that now you know what we think we can get more because he was offered he's getting offered more money from affliction and that was yeah that was a way to go at the time and that was the choice yeah. and it's fine but you take a look and you know he went and he fought fedor and he was beating Fedor, you know, on the yeah. feet, man. He was touching Fedor up. He had Fedor on his back foot. He was really causing him some problems. And he, and he decided, I'm going to go for this jump knee, and he got touched, and it was he got turned around in the air. Yeah. But he's fought the who's who. He's fought everybody, you know. And it's uh, it's kind of cool when you see him going out there because yeah, you know, nothing against Carlos Felipe, you know, he's a good tough fighter. He had said a lot of things. Before this fight, you know, I said a whole lot of things about this is the worst matchup in the world for Andre Arlosky. He's going to get knocked out. You don't put someone like me against him. It's like, well, maybe you do because, see, this is what a veteran fighter can do. He can take someone who's younger, possibly stronger, more durable, and make you miss enough and make you have enough problems that he gets to win. And that's what Andre did. So, congratulations to him. I thought it was a great, uh, great performance by him, smart performance. And showed you know showed why he's the veteran and why the UFC keeps on using him.
1: Yep. Uh, back to Jim Miller though. Jim Miller with a great uh, performance as well. Hey, it was a rough first round. Okay. Back and forth. There you go. It, and was it was a like, rough first round. Oh, that first round was tough. It was a tough he first had his round. A rough first round. He had his, he had his moments, moments. You know, but coming into that second round, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, hey, it looks like he's slowing down a little bit. You know, and he's been touched a little bit in the first round. You know, <clears throat> it could go south real quick, but. Doing what he did, man. He just came out, came aggressive. I like that he is still aggressive, but he also knows his boundaries. He went out there, threw the hands real fast, you know, threw a couple real quick kicks. He, from that southpaw stance, he's dangerous. You know, he's got a good straight left, and he just finds his mark. Hey, he, the fact that he's still doing I think he's got the most fights or the most wins now in UFC history.
0: I want to say fights because Andre's the right there fights. with
1: him. They're very close. Yeah, but. It used to be Cerrone, so I think he he has fifty something wins now. I think in the UFC or fights, fights in the UFC. So, and yeah. I think it was Donald Cerrone had it before, so now he's he's just one upped. I think uh, he's yeah, one like up Donald the Cowboy. Up. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Anyways, but look, I tip my hat to him. He's a, he's been around for a long time. And uh, he's always been fun to watch fight. He's a dog, you know, and uh, he's one of—he's out of New Jersey, right? He's one of them Jersey boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, one,
0: he was... Think about it, if If you're Eric Gonzalez and you're coming into the <sighs> UFC on your first fight and they give you the guy that's got more fights in the UFC than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. You think, you're you looking at this All right. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Well, 14 seconds into the second round, it became a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what happens, but. Yeah. You know, Mr. Gonzalez will be back. You know, hey, he was out there fighting. He was actually, he was looking good at, at times, especially in that first round. He was doing well. You know, he was touching Jim up at times and stuff. So, you know what? Just take it, put it on the rack, learn what you can from it, and come back and have another great fight the next time.
1: All right, look, there's a lot of controversy going around this main event because of the cornering, the coaching, and all here we go. stuff. And here we go. Let's go ahead and stir <laughs> the pot a little bit because that's what we fucking do around here. You know, um, yeah. Aspen Lad. her coach decided that he would say some things to her. And uh, Dave, can you pull this up? What what exactly? Can we play the video? Does it off of a off of like uh, someone's social media? What is it? It's not a
2: video. Um, okay. So are you talking about the post fight? Um, yeah. No, no. I'm talking. Yeah, no, I'm no, talking about actually not, no, I'm what talking he about- said during the fight. I
0: didn't think it's <clears throat> let, let, let's be honest. Okay. Let, let's go. Let's go into this a little bit mm-hmm. because I think there's certain factors in here that kind of are swaying people's opinions of things because they're looking at him thinking that he's mean to her, that he's bullying Mm -hmm. her, that he is belittling her and trying to drive. Whatever anyone thinks that's fine. That's their opinion and they they can have it. But here's the point. The coach should know their athlete better than anybody as far as what Mm -hmm. motivates the athlete now everybody's different there are people out there and you know and i used to coach people and there were people i'd have to pat on the ass and say hey you know it's okay boom and you, and you, and you kind of cheerlead them and bump them up and get them going because that's what <clears throat> gets them motivated that's what gets them you know a little bit more you know in tune with what they're doing and then there's people that you've got to man you got you got to kind of jump on them you got to kind of be mean to them and you know and say, hey you know god damn it pay attention and, and you're Because you know that's what gets them and gets their attention and gets them motivated. So I don't know, you know, and I'm not here to say, you know, what motivates Aspen, but I would hope that her coach does. And sometimes, you know, those things aren't real nice and aren't real pretty. But if Jim West had said those things to a male fighter, I don't think people would be saying the same thing. I don't think they'd be as mad. I think it's because it was to Aspen and she's you know, a female and it's in the middle and she's having problems in the fight. And so now you, then you're going to jump on her on top of that. It's like, maybe that's what motivates Aspen too. I'm not saying, you know, if it's not, then it's not right. But if it is what he knows motivates her and gets her going, then that's what he's got to kind of do.
1: Yeah, I I agree with the fact that you're as a coach, you need to know your fighter. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's every situation presents a different way on how you talk to your fighter. When I come back and things in the rounds going well, my coaches would tell me, "You know what? Same stuff. Let's keep doing the same thing. Let's keep maybe touching mix this. it up. Let's keep add a little here. thing here, add a little thing there, but nothing too. You don't want to give them too much information. So he no, comes back to the. Yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> Not too much information. When they're doing bad, you also don't want to give them too much. Information. There you go. Don't overload. You want to give them the right amount of stuff. Just really what fix one thing. What he was getting upset about was he's like, and this goes for every coach. When your fighter is just not pulling the trigger, there's nothing that the the, the corner can do. Nope. The fighter has shut down. I need you to throw something if you want to win this fight. You cannot get your takedowns off not throwing. You have to set it up. Like I say, raw dog, shooting raw dog, those days are pretty much gone. Getting a takedown by just shooting a raw dog takedown is pretty much gone. She just wasn't throwing enough. She's not going to win a fight if you don't throw punches. I've never seen a boxing match where the guy won by not doing shit. Okay, And that's kind of what the frustration from the coach was. It's like, not kind of, that's what the frustration was. Because there's not a damn thing that he could have done to make her want to fight more. And there's been times, if you guys go back and there's been some fights. If you guys go back and watch my fight with Clay Guida, there's a change of corner Javier came in for the first two rounds and I think in the, I think, and then what happened was Bob came in round three and four or whatever, or maybe it was Javier first three, but rounds four and five, I had a different corner. I had Bob cook because Hov's like, I can't get through to him. Bob, get in there and do something like, hey, and that's, that's and really that's the what I'm doing. Out. it. someone else. Talking. Yes. <clears throat> now here's the other thing. Now, maybe they usually have great conversations in the corner. But for him, for her, maybe the conversation's always been like, great job, nice work, you know, nice talk, nice, nice, calm conversation. But in that situation, she's not doing anything. So he probably is like, look, I have to say this because now you know I'm serious. There's that, there's that, there's that old saying, and I don't know if it's an old saying or not, but it seems like it's been old because I've been saying it for a long time, is that if you're always at an 11, how does your fighter know or anybody know? when something is important, if I'm yeah. always yelling at you, okay, then how do I know when it's important? It's like, it's like basically like I've, I've heard this about for kids. If you're always yelling at your kid, your kid doesn't understand when something is important, then like, okay, don't run in the street. If I'm always yelling at you for everything and I tell you, don't yell, don't go in the street. The kid doesn't know not to go in the street of how important it is because that's all they hear is you yelling at them. And so if you're, or monotone normally, or you're in a conversation normally, and all of a sudden you raise your voice, that's when that, that kid or that fighter starts to realize, shit, this is not going my way. I need to do something because there's a sense of urgency, a sense of um, the, tone, the, the tone has changed. So that's what I think he was trying to do. If I was going to critique him at all, John, my critique would have been this. After the fourth round, at the end of the fourth round, she finished the fourth round doing really well. When he yeah. came back, he started the same shit that he said after the third round. Okay, there was some positive shit to work on after the fourth round or after yeah. the third round. Yeah, she, third, la- she landed. Yeah, after the fourth round, she, there was positive stuff to land, to, to work with. Yeah, hey, she, she want that
0: round with what she did at the end of that round and stuff.
1: Hey, that's if I'm going to critique him. Hey, that's better. That was a better round. I need a little bit more, though, because we got to get this. We got to win this round. I need a finish, but you're not going to get a finish unless you do what you did towards the end of that round. Well, that's what I would have suggested. Do you remember
0: what in her last fight against uh, Yana Kuniskaya? Do you remember what
1: happened? I I don't, John. I barely remember where I left my keys (laughs) yesterday. So
0: (laughs) I love it. Look, she was having a hard fight with Kuniskaya. And if, and as I recall, I think it was the third round before the third round, he got on her and he wow. said, Hey, I need you to bite down on your mouthpiece and I need you to go after her and I need you to finish her. And he was, he was pretty stern and she went and responded that she went and did it. And you go, he got, I think, you know, for the most part, people were appraising him at that time. It didn't work for him this time. But you know, like I said, he should know her and know what it is that motivates her. And if that's what motivates her, then, you know, everyone's got to back off. If it's not what motivates her and it's not what gets her attention and it's not what will change what she's doing, then there's no purpose to it. You know, you don't want to belittle somebody, you know, and I don't think that's what he's trying
1: to do. But
0: you know, let's be I'd honest.
1: See, I've seen him do it before. John, let's be honest. She is a young, strong female athlete. Yep. Okay. I, I I want to say I read this uh, from Daniel DC Daniel Cormier. Are you fucking kidding me? She's going out there getting punched in the fucking head and punching somebody else in the fucking head. You're telling me that her coach hurt her fucking feelings? <laughs> okay, there you go. Get out of here with this nonsense. Get this is this is this is, is bullshit. Yeah, she this. we we like DC was saying we criticize or we don't criticize. We actually are cheering when someone gets carried out in a fucking stretcher. And here she is being. Y- not yelled at. Chastise. Being chastised Chastise. by her coach, who she's very close with, obviously, or he wouldn't be her coach. And now we're running to her defense. Get out of here with this nonsense. It's bullshit. I, I, I look. She's a young, strong female athlete. She is. She's very capable of doing all the things that he's asked of her to do. Okay. I, I don't want to hear all this stuff. She's. She's. She just needs to understand. And look, and this, this happens. Not. Not her. Sorry. She doesn't even understand. The fans need to understand. This shit happens in the corner all the time. Every fighter has probably gone through this type of situation. I've had some of my greatest
0: you... moments with these types of things. Yep. Some and, of them and some I... of them are
1: serious, some of them are funny. But it happens. Yeah. But let's let's not here. If let's I'm going to speak very frankly in this situation like I have the last 2 minutes is that if you want your kids to be good, your coaches are going to get on them every once in a while. And if you as a parent can't handle that or a fan can't handle that, then don't put your kids in sports. This is part of them learning how to learn, learning how to be chastised or criticized and take it with a grain of salt and fix the problem. She needs to fix the problem. She has not been the same fighter since she lost to uh, Jermaine Jermaine. She got knocked out quickly. And then since then, she's been timid. That's it. I don't know how else, uh, what, how else other ways to explain it. That's when I started seeing a change in her of her not wanting to engage and get into those mixes. That's it. That's the only thing. I think look, that's just something that's going to come with more time. She's what 26 cut her some, cut her some slack. She's young. In terms of She's super young. So she's young. nine and two. Yeah. She took this fight on short notice. She shouldn't have taken this fight. She also took it in, in five. It's, it's five rounds. Like she, leave her alone. I, and, and and i'm not talking about the coach the coach can ride her all he wants now let's get into the coach because there was a uh instagram message or whatever he put out i think dave why don't you walk us through yeah, this thing and then we can criticize we can criticize him a little bit more that's but what no, i would I, criticize him for okay not not so, for what happened in the corner
2: so he, uh, he goes on. he does this post on instagram on his own instagram <clears throat> and he says um you know just tonight's not our night and he take basically takes the full blame for for the situation um, okay. he he says he was harsh. He says you know it, the the loss was his fault, but then he does also say that he was very harsh. Um, but he um he says he's sorry from the bottom of his heart. He apologizes to Aspen Ladd. but then he at the end he tags all the top media outlets. You know the ones that people go. Well, to, let's be to.
1: honest, that's not the top media outsources, okay? We're not on there, so that's why it's not the. Top We're not, not a media outlet. I get it. I understand. Stop. We're not a media outlet, but
2: he tags the, the only- media outlets. Yeah,
1: he tagged the media, and I think the one the only really to recognize there is the schmo. The schmo is, you know, pretty much the only legit one on there to recognize. So, anyways, go ahead, anyway. carry on.
2: Yeah, so I mean, and that's kind of it, right? And then so you're looking at you're thinking, okay, so why are you tagging? Why are you tagging the media? Why are you not, um, you know, if it's if this message is to Aspen, why are you tagging the media? Why are you not focused on the yeah. issue? Why are you more focused on trying to get people to bring you on their show to talk about it?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, that's a little bit of clout chasing there. I think it was a bad situation. You shouldn't do that. I think he also should have just sat down with his fighter and had a conversation with her and apologized if that's the way he felt. I don't think he has anything to apologize for. I think he did his job. Look, and then for him to take blame of her loss, that's not, nope, not no, him. That's not yours either. Can, now, you can't it can, make it somebody can fight. Be, it can be. No, it
0: can be if you gave your fighter a horrible game plan and the wrong information about the fighter that they're going up against and everything that you gave them they're trying to do but it's if they're trying like, to do it but she wasn't yeah. trying to do shit John. I'm not saying that That's but I'm problem. saying yeah. there there are those times you can say yeah you know what you game plan poorly for that yeah. opponent yeah. but not you you I say it all the time and we you know you and I talk about it all the time the one of the worst positions to be in is to be in the corner of a fighter that is not doing what they have trained to do because yeah. there's, noth- there's nothing you can do to, to change there's it. Nothing. it. You have no control. You can sit there and push the buttons all you want. They don't respond any differently. It is just what it is. And sometimes, you know, fighters go in there and it's not their night. They just don't feel it. There's all kinds of things. They just can't do anything right. It just happens. But, you know, the one thing I would say is he doesn't have to apologize to anyone. If, if he did something wrong, apologize to Aspen that's your fighter you want to apologize to her apologize to her you don't owe an apology to anybody else
1: yeah like i said if i was going to critique anything during the the conversation between the rounds was because after the fourth round he should have been more positive saying hey the way you finished that round going into the fifth i need more of that but let's work for the finish we got to get after this that's all i would have said you gotta you gotta re you've got to reassure her that she had a good round yeah that builds well, that, at, least a little what bit.
0: She, at least that she was trying to do the things that you talked yep. about you train for she had yep. turned the corner so let's
1: continue that turn exactly so that he, he, that's the only thing i would have critiqued during the situation during the fight this though i'm going to critique the fact that like hey what happens between you and your fighter keep it between you and your fighter this is I want i want people to go back and if you guys go back in between Javier and Josh Koscheck Javier Mendez there was a blow up Ooh, because Javier came out public yeah Javier came out publicly and said something Kos got pissed and this is the type of shit this is how it leads up to being a bigger situation than it really needs to be and the fact that he ta- he, he tagged media sources it's a little bit of that hey look at me i'm trying to do this right no 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 don't care about that just Do it between you and your fighter. You and your fighter have a relationship. When you make it public, it becomes, people start inserting themselves in this conversation like we are right now. Okay. (laughs) This is exactly what we're doing right now. We're talking about it. And that's, that's, that's how things get blown out of proportion. So she, I think the two of them need to sit down, have this conversation, fix it. I think everything is fine. It should be, everything should be fine. And move on. And move on. Don't even think about this fight. Move on to the next one. Get into the training camp. And she's got to understand she needs to pull the trigger. And he needs to understand that getting on her like that is doing her a favor. You need to be straight with your fighters. I would fire my coaches or my my corners if they, if I came back after the fourth round. And he was like, hey, you're doing great. I, yeah. I hear that shit all the damn time. And I'm like, you're fucking lying right now. <laughs> exactly. Lying. You're not helping your fighter. You you're, are giving them not. crap. <clears throat> yeah. So I, you know, after she had a good fourth round, he should have been a little bit more positive, especially the way she finished. He should have been more positive. That's the only critique I could have given him. So, outside of that, hey, next time though, next time, what's his name, Jim West? Okay, buddy, you better text us. Uh, you better tag us too, okay? Because we're the top media source. We're not media, <laughs> but you know, that's all I say All
0: right, let me ask you: What, what did you think of Norman Dumont's performance against
1: Aspen? I thought it was very lackluster. It Thank have been you. A lot more. Okay. Yeah, like, how are here's, you here? Here's are you the main event and not pulling the trigger, knowing she's not pulling the trigger. Get, oh my, it, get after it. Thank you. I don't, and, and, and then afterwards,
0: I should, you know, there should be a title shot in the next one, in, at least interim title. It's like, I hate to tell you there, you did not put yourself in any position for anyone to even come close to putting title no. next to your name with your performance. You have been lackluster. You were very lackluster in that performance. You had a split decision win against Felicia Spencer where you won. I thought you won, but it wasn't a great performance. And, you know, Megan Anderson put you out in the first round, I think, because when she knocked you out. So you haven't proved that you are championship material
1: yet. And that performance
0: definitely doesn't put you there. So, <clears throat>
1: Hey, um, you better be careful, man. The media's gonna come after you because that uh, was very that harsh was what you mean. just said. I know. <laughs> that was what you just said was worse expect- than Aspen Ladd's coach said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just expect, no, I if, agree. If, if like, you're was- gonna if you're gonna get
0: if you're gonna talk title implications, you're gonna talk I deserve. No. That that comes off of a performance that shows that you are putting people away, that you are, you know, marching them down, you are taking control of the fight. She never did got it so if you're not that person doing those things you know uh, here i'm gonna say just take a look at what Corey anderson has done in his three fights in bellator that's a person that can talk about i deserve a title shot
1: yeah he
0: is marching people down he is dominating action he's the one dictating where the fight's going to be those are the things that people want to see to put title next to your name
1: yeah no i agree um. All right. Well, let's get into uh, what's next, Dave.
2: Bell talk. Let's get
1: yeah. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk bell play, then. All right. Look. Uh. <laughs> scroll down all to right. the bottom. Scro- let's scroll down to the bottom real quick. I want to see this. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna talk about. I'm not gonna talk about all of all the prelim card fight. Okay. But I am gonna give some honorable mention type situations. Ooh. Okay. Maria Henderson. Great job. Great job yes. getting in, in under the bright lights. Big arena. Lots of fans, husband fighting later on in the card. She came out, she got the work done quickly. Nice little transition into the shot, into the body lock, step behind takedown, right to the back. Beautiful job. I want to tip my hat to her. Yep. Very nicely done. Very nicely well, done. Hold on. <clears>
0: Hip <throat> <clears> hop.
1: <throat> Jeez. English, John. English.
0: Let's, I, w- I want people to understand this too. Maria Henderson signed a contract to fight that fight at 115 pounds that is the straw weight division her opponent agreed to fight that fight at the straw weight division of 115 pounds her opponent came in at hundred and twenty six point five pounds that's ten and a half pounds over that weight limit and maria henderson said i don't care I'll go throw water in my system. I want to fight. So she she made that fight happen And when her opponent didn't do her job. So I give her extra credit in the fact that, hey, she went out there, she performed great against someone that was bigger than her by a lot and I think purposely kind of missed that weight, did not handle herself in the fashion she should have as a fighter. So great job by Maria Henderson.
1: Yeah, it was very nicely done. I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Um, the fact that she took the fight still, she—they were talking about she was drinking a ton of water, trying to get yeah. the weight, out, you know, trying to put more weight in. Tr- they were even talking about going to get rolls of quarters to put in her pocket when she weighed in, because you the have to Frank. be within a five uh, within Frank a five Sh- pound weight. Five yeah, the Frank Shamrock, Frank Shamrock situation trick. with Tito Ortiz. Um. So yeah. So I yeah, tip my hat to her, man. Great job. Yeah. Get weighted, waited, continue to take the fight. Got it done. First round were naked. Nice transitions as well. Got on that neck, and it was nice. Uh, Sullivan Colley. Uh, great performance as well, you know. He, <clears throat> I don't know. He got taken down though. I was p- rather surprised by that. And
0: uh, did, yeah, like, he didn't okay, really yeah, get yeah. held down. He he did get ta- held down. His his butt hit the ground and he was right back yeah. up. Yeah, I, I get it. But he still no, got. That's a positional taken change. John, well, that's because John, and why? Because he's throwing. You yeah. know, it's not that Dion Clash is a better wrestler. And I give Dion Clash, I'll give him credit. This guy's a good athlete, and yeah, he, he, he was is. out there working hard trying to put it on Sullivan Cully. So I give him a lot of credit because I watched his first fight and I was like, eh, he's he's athletic, but he's not. He was way better than what I saw in his first fight. But it was a long time as far as Mm distance, close to two years since that fight. Wow. But let's be honest, Sullivan Cully, first off, he can wrestle. He's got good stand-up. He understands range. He understands about not crushing his space so he can land with some power and not make it to where his punches don't have an effect. This kid's gonna be good. You gotta figure this is only his second fight. He is a good athlete. He's strong. He's fast. He's elusive in when he wants to be. You know, he he went out there with a very good athlete and just put it on him. He looked really good. I'm very interested to see what he does in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the person. There's two people that I feel like stole the show, though in the uh, in the prelims. So I thought Jalen Bates being one. You say Jalen, I say Jalen. Okay, Whatever. so J Jay, Jalen Bates. I thought Jaylon he stole Bates. the show. Yeah, in terms of how he fights. Yeah. He reminds me of a lot of what you were talking about, Jornel Lugo. The two of yeah. them are phenomenal athletes. They're very well rounded, and I, I when I continue to say like, and I know you guys are like, hey. You guys, Bellator bias, and that. I'm telling you guys, I'm honestly telling you guys, the young talent that, we are, that Bellator is producing has a very bright future. It's insane to see some of these, these young guys come up, and females come up, and just be like, wow. You guys are extremely good. Jalen yeah, Bates be- is well-rounded, so good on the feet, good on the ground, great transitions from the wrestling to the submission attacks. It was amazing. Like, he's amazing to watch fight.
0: Because, and you're also talking about a kid who's very young, who has now switched camps, is with somebody new, and is going against someone who's had you know more than what it's showing as far as I think uh, his opponent had about 10 professional fights in MMA, but has over 30-some profession, professional kickboxing fights. Mm-hmm. So a guy with a lot of experience. He kind of got touched on his feet and immediately said, okay, screw that, I'm taking him down, and went to the ground, did yeah. some beautiful work down there. His transition into the arm bar was fantastic, especially knowing exactly which route his opponent would try to take to escape the position, set him up, let him go that way, and just locked it in. You looked at the hip extension and how he's getting his ass off of the ground, utilizing his full range with his legs and everything. Just an outstanding performance.
1: Yep. No, he's he's good. He's really good. Uh, Lance Gibson Jr., his father was a, f- a former fighter, one of the one that's been around for a long time fought in the u f c several times I think was he in strike force also?
0: I don't think Lance was I in remember
1: I don't think he was in strike force he yeah. was just the u f c right yeah some other organizations as well but uh but he's he's very talented as well like I said, the future is bright with these young talented fighters that are coming up. The only thing i want to see out of him is a little bit more output like, don't get me wrong he's got power yeah, he's got yeah, yeah. The, he's got the kicks. I just want a little bit more output. He sometimes likes to enjoy his work. So when he lands a clean shot, he slowly and methodically just walks after you and and you know and tries you know and, and touches you some more, which I think is is smart. It's a smart play for a young fighter. Sometimes we get overzealous, start leaving ourselves out of position, trying to trying to land the big shot, and then you end up getting rocked yourself or you make yourself tired, whatever it is. He doesn't do that. He stays tight with his his uh. His defense, he stays tight with his combinations. He's very, very good. Hard to take down, good submissions as well. Um, but I just want to see a little bit more output. You know you what know, the best
0: part of this is? I talked to him after the fight, and uh, I said, All right, what in the hell are you doing putting a body triangle on a guy that yeah. you know wants to be there? All right, mm-hmm. You you know, I said, I know you know what Raymond Pineda is good at. He goes, John, I, I did know what he's good at. That's why I did it. And I go, that's well, not... What do you mean? And he goes, look, I've, I watched all his fights. He's really aggressive in the first round. He uses a lot of strength. He goes, I had a friend who had fought him. He says, yeah, he really grabs and he squeezes and everything. He said, so when he was, you can see he's putting his forearm on my neck and everything. He says, and he's trying to create all these so i was letting him let's let him get tired i figured second round is what i'm going to take him out he goes that's what i did and i go okay i'll shut up you know but that does show like it shows a bit of maturity as far as for a guy that is now what five and zero. yeah uh, he's uh he he is the full package he's an athlete he, he, he kind of reminds me of the, the luke rockhold i'm just being honest yeah he's got the model looks Right, he's he's good everywhere. He's got a great ground game. His stand up is solid. He's fast. He could be a a powerhouse in the lightweight division.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think he could. I think he will as well. How old is he? Can you click on him their podcast Dave? I want to junior. Young, twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six. Even ton, younger than yeah. I thought. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I what I keep going back to is these we've got a lot of really young talent, good, young talent that just needs yeah. to be continued to be built up, Yep, you know, get their confidence up, you know, and they're going to start just pulling the trigger more. And we're starting to see those transitions, um, how they're, they're feeling confident and what they're doing. when They're feeling confident is they're letting their hands go and they're having more exciting fights and more knockouts well, and things like that. Let's
0: talk about letting their hands go because the next fight oh, was Samiko and Naba. Well, you know, we, we had said this is going to be a great fight because we had watched yeah. Randy field and she's, this is a, a person that comes after you this is a, a young lady or just is in the fight wanting to create the fight will be in your face and we had seen that anaba was someone who you know what she got that dog in her and she will come after you and once she gets that range and and understands where she can do well in the fight her ground and pound is nasty and stuff everyone will look at samiko anaba and go oh she's she's a pretty girl you know and she's an you know, oh, why is she fighting? And you, why is she fighting? Because she's a freaking junkyard dog. She's good. And she's getting better. She listens to her corner. She understands how to control that range. And once she gets an idea of where she can do well, look, at let's be honest, her jab, she didn't use it a whole lot in the first round. And then she started really popping that jab. And that was probably based upon her coaches talking to her and stuff. And then off of the jab, she started not only popping the jab, then throwing that cross straight across and then coming with a hook at times one twos, one, twos, one, two, three, and then she brought the kicks in, and she just systematically started dismantling her opponent, putting more and more pressure on her, putting more and more damage to her and that's what you saw as you know a fighter that's a tough fighter in Randy field, just getting broken down by someone who fundamentally understands how to break their opponent,
1: yeah. Yeah, here's the thing with Randy Field. She, she's a dog as well, and the yeah. two of them came out and it was a great fight. They both were tough. They both were, uh, they both were um, letting it go, letting it fly. And the thing is, is this is funny. And this is this is uh, a story I'm going to tell real quick. Is Randy Field walked out on the, to the weigh-ins, and Samiko walked out to the weigh-ins. And the ring card girls were standing behind them. (laughs) And they both look at each other and they go, Wait, they're fighting? And then, like, someone at the, at the, up one of the Bellator staff goes, Yeah. He's like, They're too good looking to be fighters. (laughs) Like, it was this weird vibe from the ring card girls. And so, yeah, that was, it was crazy. It was crazy to, it was crazy, like, what you were saying, like, oh, it's because they're, they're beautiful females that they can't, no, these two are dogs when it comes to letting their hands go. There was never a chance for one of them. They were like, no, one's going to try to impose the will. Both of them were trying to impose their will. They had a great fight. I know it didn't work out for Randy Field, but she took some big shots that cut her. She just, you know, and it started to be a snowball effect from that situation. But Samiko is... Tough as hell. Randy Field is tough as hell. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing Randy Field back in the Bellator cage as well. Samiko's got a bright future. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see the progression of those two, uh, yep. hopefully, in Bellator. Great personality um, the, on both, too. The Javier Torres and the Millard. Uh, okay. Millard. It was it,
0: uh, Brown. Fight, nice to see Javier get a fight and then put his gloves down and get a win. But other than that, hmm. we can go past that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, they, were, they were okay, good stuff. There was a nice little transition on the hill hook. It looked like more of a knee bar slash heel hook against Bobby Lee. Uh, Jalil Willis just didn't perform the way he normally does. I honestly believe that he's probably better at 155 because I think he can make a real big splash at 55. I just don't know what his weight cut is like to get there. And does he, can he maintain it? Because I know he's fought both, both weight classes. So, um, But I think in the 155-pound division, I think he's, he can make a splash in that group of fighters that are there with his athleticism, his speed, his takedowns, his wrestling, his stand-up, everything. He's so well-rounded. I just think at 170, he may end up being a little bit of the smaller guy um, as you get into those upper-tier guys. You know, I mean, if you put him against Korshkov, Korshkov's a big, you know, he's a big <laughs> 70-pounder. You got Douglas Lima, who's a big 70-pounder. Um, Jaroslav Amoslov, he's not a big 70-pounder, but pretty big. he's he's pretty big MVP like he, he, he pretty pushed, big yeah MVP's tall long and lanky that kind of situation you know so he's gonna have a hard time with those guys but I think at 55 right you put him in there with Petriky, um, Usman and Magomedov you put him in there with those guys that I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a little bit more of a successful 155 pound career if he's able to get his weight down but um uh what, what do you think to me I felt like the fight of the night out of all the fights was Carl Brexton versus uh, Oh, freaking I awesome. thought it was the fight of the night.
0: It was freaking awesome. It was so good, back and forth. Look, Carl he he's consistent. You know what he's going to do. You know what he's good at, and he continues to go after it. The guy's got a chin. Man, he took some shots. Now, that knee that he took, Josh, that was solid, and it would have knocked Most people on their ass definitely would have put me on mine. He ate that thing and kept coming. And then he was taking shots at the end. And this is one of those fights where you look and all the work that he did, he won the first two rounds. And then in the end, Yank Shumurdov is coming on and landing some big shots and has him in trouble, but it's not enough. You know, he's going to win that round, but he's not going to get the other ones. And that's the way the judging should have been. And it was, and you see the fans get a little upset by it because they see Yag Shemurdoff winning the fight at the end, but wasn't enough in the end. But I thought Yag Shemurdoff showed the kind of fighter it is. It's the guy that I saw when I saw him in Germany. I I, I refed him in Germany. And uh he's he's tough. He's super explosive, very fast yeah. when he when he goes. But he takes a while to get going. Every time I've watched him fight, every time if I refed him, he loses the first round. He just doesn't yeah. do a whole lot. He comes out. He's kind of like Benson Henderson. Comes out a little bit slower, kind of. You know, he's just you know taking his time, looking to see what his opponent does. And he kind of gives the round away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that <laughs> because when he let it go, he let it go. The oh. flying knee, the big overhand, the spinning wheel kick, all that yep. shit. He looked phenomenal. Fanat- it was. I was like, where was, it was this one? Yeah, it's, uh, this. that was the fight that I was like, man, why is there not four, for rounds four and five? I wanted to see rounds four and five. But oh, they yeah. really let it go, and uh, they finished hard and strong. It was a great fight. If you guys haven't seen that fight, you guys can go back and watch it. Um, the other part that was great fight.
0: about that fight, I talk all the time about, God damn it, don't be able to do push-ups and everything at the end of the fight and let it go to the judge's decision because obviously you didn't put it all out in the fight. Those guys were dead. Yes. You saw both of them there first off Al brexton was hurt hurting and exhausted the exmerodov was exhausted yeah. they were both done it was like thank god this has not got a fourth round because i don't think either yeah. one was going to answer the bell but uh great fight they both gave everything they had it was a great fight
1: uh henry cruz back in the win column uh against perevchenko perevchenko just had no answer after that very first takedown i thought man he's going to he's going to run away with this fight cuz He's just gonna be able to hold Henry down. No, Henry made his way back up to his feet, and the rest of it was history. I don't think you gotta take down after that. Yep. Henry was just touching him with the hands, not loading up, was putting combinations together. And every time he landed, you could see the difference in the power. Yep. Like every time he touched Parabchenko, Parabchenko was like, it was wobbled a little bit left, that wobbled hurt. a little bit right. That hurt. Yep, just that throwing him hurt. off balance. Yeah. Yeah, everything, and even when they didn't land clean, they still yeah. looked like they yep. knocked him off balance. So good, good performance by Henry Corrales. Glad to see him back in the win column. He's a dog, man. He's fought, he's fought Patricio, he's fought Manuel Sanchez, he's fought, he's fought a lot of the top guys in Bellator, you know, in oh, at yeah. 145 pounds. And it was kind of like throwing him to the wolves when he first came in to Bellator back in the day. Now, come on, you know his
0: first three yeah. opponents: Daniel Strauss, Patricio Pitbull for Frady, and then. Emmanuel Sanchez. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They were no one liked him. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's, we talked all the time. Look, he's got to let his hands go. He's not letting his hand. he let his hands go. He, he yeah. threw it and he was not loading up. He wasn't trying to get that big knockout shot. He was just trying to touch him and at times put more power on the shots and it made all the difference in the world with the way that, you know, result came out because... If you're putting shots on your opponent, it's slowing them down. It's damaging them. It's mm-hmm. making them not want to do the same things. And that's what happened to this. And obviously, like a pair of is good. He had had two losses out of 18 fights mm-hmm. up to this point. He's good. He just wasn't yeah. able to get it done against Henry.
1: No, couldn't get it done. Uh, Brent Primus, um, he had a dominant performance over Benson Henderson. When I, I talked to Ben afterwards, and I didn't want to get into it too much because his coach was there as well, I didn't want to. And you don't want to rub salt in the wound. But no, I was no. thinking to myself, this was one of those things where, like, what was your game plan? <laughs> you know, when I was when I talked to him in the fighter meetings, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him down and get on top, and you know, and just basically just beat him up from there." And I'm thinking to myself, why? Like, you're better on the feet. Like, I I don't even know so much he's faster yeah, and i think he's better maybe more maybe elusive had, maybe yeah more elusive may, and he's deaf i like i look at it as like almost being more durable because benson he's one of those guys and no matter what happens to him in a fight he never walks out with a scratch on his yeah, face it's true. nothing i'm just like how are you still like no blood or anything nothing his, it's, his it's hair crazy. his
0: hair is a buffer
1: yeah it's <laughs> it's insane but I, I didn't understand the game plan. I kept, he kept trying to force the takedowns in rounds one and a little bit in round two, and I was like, "What are you doing? You're, you're having some success." And he came out and dropped him in round three. I uh, dropped Premise in round three to start it off. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get behind the game plan. And so that was when I talk when we talk about fight IQ. He usually has a very good fight IQ, yeah. but as of in terms of that fight, there was there was no no fight IQ shown. I don't know what it was. <sighs> I'm going to tend to
0: agree with you as far as what you're saying because on the feet, he was doing well. And every time yeah. the fight hit the ground, he was in danger. He yeah. was having problems. He was having to give his back, and then he was getting stuck in that position. And although Primus needs to change some of the things he's doing, when he gets positions on guys, you know, mm-hmm. there was times when he had gotten knocked on his butt or he had taken some big shots. And look, Primus, I will give credit to, he's got a chin the guy can take shots. he can take damage too because man he, he got hit with some big shots and he kept coming back and but if you're going to take someone's back and just be safe as far as you're looking for the submission but you're never being able to put it on you've got to change it up start to open up go to go to some strikes try to open them up in a different way But if you're not doing those things and all you've got is his back and you have this time when you have been eating shots prior, you've got to do something to get those shots back in the judge's mind because if you're not going after a submission or you're not going after strikes and all you have is control, you're going to end up losing the round. And I think, you know, first round I think went to uh, premise and I think third round did. The second round, you can look at it and say – it, it probably should have gone to Benson because he landed the bigger shots when he got in trouble near the end. He get, you know, Primus got his back, but it's positional, and you don't get credit for attaining the position in MMA. It's what you do with the position. How much do you damage your opponent? How much do you go after submissions to end the fight? And if you don't do those things, then it really doesn't matter about the position. Your Your time is just going by. So he needs to just change that up a little bit I actually thought Premis fought a very good fight and he was dominating on the ground. When the fight hit the ground yeah. and Benson is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, he's a NAIA
1: wrestler, he's all those things.
0: Brent Premis dominated the fight once it hit the ground every time.
1: Yeah, if I was going to pick a weakness though that that Benson would have had over th- for this fight would have been the grappling. I've fought Benson, I knew that Yeah, like, you said that not, though. He, he's not physically strong and i think in the grappling situations technically sure he's a black belt level but it's not it's not the same as someone like brent Permes who just really you can tell he's kind of trying to force the learning of the stand-up the kicks and the punching and the boxing whereas benson's more well-rounded he's dedicated more, more time fluid to him more of a more fluid in all areas but he, and i've said this before he's not great in any one area he's just really good everywhere yeah. you know so he's it's it's hard he's hard to deal with. That's what makes him so good. That's what makes him so dangerous for all these years. Um, with premise, though, you have to always be concerned with the grappling. So that's why I didn't understand the game plan of let, let's take him down, get on top. And I'm like, did you not see his last fight where he was being taken down by, uh, Mamedov and still was able to get like attacks, attacks, attacks. And those guys are strong, man. I've trained with Islam Mamedov. He was part of, uh, part of AKA for, I still is part of AKA. You know what I mean? But He's part of that crew. It was just tough, and so when I saw this, I'm like, "Man, what are you doing?" All right, well, look, let's get into the No, the, no, the no let semifinals. me ask you this. Let me ask you yeah. this,
0: because this is, I think, one of the, the second fight in a row for Benson mm-hmm. that he's lost because he he went Three. up to welterweight. Third, Jason. Is this third one?
1: Damn. Yeah, this is his third loss in a row. Third loss in a row.
0: W- where does he go? What does he do?
1: Well, I mean, if I look at the brackets, right? If I not the brackets, if I look at the rankings. There's guys in there that he can beat. This is what's strange to me is that premise wasn't in the rankings. I don't know why. Wow. Well, I think our our fucking hello. rankings suck. Thank like, you. Like, how do you how do you have Aviv Ghazali. Yes, he's six and zero. Sure, he's got good Great. submissions. I get it, but no, not anywhere near the level. <laughs> Put him he's against premise. Put him Primus against premise. Let's see him. what happens. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, come on. Um, you know, Adam Piccolotti and premise might be a good fight. Could definitely be like one of those. Like ferret type fights where the two of them are getting after on the ground, be great jiu jitsu matchup, you know. Um, Amiyuchi, Amiuchi, uh, Nurmagomedov, Mamedov, Mamedov's now in there because he beat Primus, um, you know. But I think you put, but you put Benson in that category there. I mean, I could see him maybe potentially fight somebody like. Go... Sorry about that. It's all right. Amateur hour over go. here. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you put, you put Benson in that mix there, I'd say maybe he fights the loser of, Pat- uh, Patrickian and, Peter Queeley. Well, he's already fought
0: Patricki. Yeah. Hasn't he fought has fought Peter Quilly.
1: So, yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I don't know, but then, you know, P- you know, that fight with him and, uh, Patricki, it was a close fight. It was. It was a real it close was. fight. It was a close fight. You know, um, he's already fought miles jury. He hasn't fought. He won't fight Gonzalez because Gonzalez because not doesn't have enough experience. No. I mean, you could, he's already fought Adam Piccolotti. You could try maybe put him against uh, Usman or Magomedov, or you put him against Islam Mamedov. You could put him in one of those, give him an put opportunity. I think he, I think Sydney should be next for the title shot out of everyone. I don't think you. I don't think you match Sydney up against anybody. I think you put him against the winner of whoever wins the title. He deserves it. He's no. fought negative. Who else negative. in there deserves a title shot? Give me a guy uh, who in there neg- deserves a title negative. shot. Not negative. The guy
0: that deserves a title shot is a guy named Brett Primus who just beat Benson and put on a good performance, and he should be the guy that gets the title shot. I don't care what lost. this says.
1: Are you kidding me? He just lost a moment off last fight. He just beat Benson Henderson yesterday. I, I get what you're saying, John, but so if, how, if you're going to give him a title shot off of one one win? Sydney's had Sydney Outlaws had... Three or four in a row. I think maybe even more than that. He let's be honest about
0: the Mamadou fight.
1: Look, I, oh, yes, not, I was very I'm honest. Not, I'm not saying
0: that I think Brent Primus fought smart. I thought. But Brent let's be honest, fight. he didn't lose that fight.
1: I thought this... you thought he won that fight that night. Are you changing your mind? Who? Yeah. So he. Okay. So look. So he's he he Sydney Outlaw lost to Michael Chandler. He beat out a yeah. Piccolo, He beat Miles Jury. He got knocked so out by Michael. T- yeah. Yeah. And that was in uh, Japan, correct? Yes. But if you look at that, if you look at, he's beaten Adam Piccoli, who's in the top 10. He's beaten Miles Jury, who's in the top 10. Okay, Brent Primus lost to someone who wasn't even in the rankings in Momadoff. That, that's what knocked him out of the rankings. You can't, and say, then that. Now,
0: you call, you can't say anything because it was his first fight in Bellator. He can't be in the rankings.
1: I get what you're saying. But he <laughs> he lost just to a newcomer. the rules of their rankings. He lost to a newcomer. Oh, God. I'm just, I, I'm, my pitch is that Sydney Outlaw should be next. Okay. If you look at, if you look I'm at the I'm going with Premis. Oh.
0: Okay. being honest. All right. Okay. Then here, real simple. Put Sydney Outlaw and Brent Premise together. Boom. Then the That's winner.
1: That's good. I'll take that like too. That. I'll take okay. that. Yep. And then you right. get the winner out of that. Yep. All right. Because then you're going to have, yeah, they've got to fight soon though. Okay. They've got to fight soon. You got the title fight here in what? Two, three weeks? Yep, yep. So they got to fight soon. All right, let's get into uh, the semifinals. So Ooh. Corey Anderson made quick work of Ryan Bader. I, I thought Corey was going to win. I said yeah. this. I, yeah. I thought he was going to win, but I thought it would be – I thought that it would go two, three rounds. Yeah. I didn't think Corey would be able to catch him that quick. And I've, I will continue to say this. Ryan Bader is better at heavyweight. He's got yes, a speed he factor. He's still tra- – I think his power trans transitions – into the heavy I think it translates sorry translates he car- better. He
0: carries it better into the heavyweight into the heavyweight, without the weight loss
1: and everything yep. yep so I think him at the age that he's at I think he needs to stay at heavyweight he's I gonna agree. have a handful though too with um uh who's the interim champ there now
0: Valentin Moldovsky uh,
1: Moldovsky that's gonna be because he's also a smaller mm. he's one of those hybrid heavyweights he's smaller but he's, he's thick pretty you know, fast he's gonna be he's pretty fast he's got good wrestling you know, but he doesn't have a big he doesn't have a ton of output for being one of those hybrids. Bader could start to slow him down if it gets into the third, fourth round, but Absolutely. also start to slow down as well. So that mm-hmm. makes for a fun fight. Um I think in this situation, you can't take much away from it, man. Corey Anderson's a stud. We've known he was a stud. When he left the UFC, he was ranked number four in the world. And I think he's just proving where his ranking existed, and he deserved to be there. So I'd say he's probably still in that top one, two uh light heavyweights in the world i think he's there and he's gonna I, have to prove it against an MCOF.
0: i agree with you i think you know this is i love what cory has done he's been able to put himself in the position he's in control of his own destiny he came in saying i want the title and he's now put himself where there's no doubt he's got that shot and you gotta love the way he performed he came out like, he read what ryan was doing well if you watch the scenario where he gets the knockout. He does a beautiful little, his head center line. He drops his head off the center line, brings the right hand over the top. It lands on the ear, behind the ear, right at it. You know, and just, you know, that takes the legs of Bader away. I think Bader woke up when he hit the ground, kind of, and was like, you know, whoops, look where I'm at, and then tried to survive and wasn't able to survive because he he got hit with some big shots in the middle of the face, and it made him turn away more. And I thought uh, Jason Herzog, did an outstanding job of giving him as much time as he could in letting him try to recover from the shot and realized it ain't going to happen and got him out of there before he got seriously hurt. So I thought, you know, overall, an outstanding performance by Corey Anderson, proved again why he says, you know, he's going to be the champ. Ryan, anybody can get hit behind, you know, on the ear yeah. and it can disrupt you and put you down. That just happens. I think the heavyweight division is exactly where... He needs to be and stay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just speed-wise. I think it helps him. I think I think his wrestling trans, you know, transfers over well into the heavyweight division. In that, there's not a lot of good wrestlers there. He's got you know better wrestling than most of them, so that's going to help him. His speed's going to help him, and the power is not going to be that much difference. And I think his power actually escalates more. You know, he showed that with you know what he was able to do when he was in the heavyweight Grand Prix. So overall, great job by Corey Anderson. Look at. He didn't work overtime though. He no, did not no, work he overtime. <laughs> no, no,
1: but he did the overtime in the gym, though, so he didn't have to work yeah, overtime He was doing he, was
0: doing he was doing the uh the dips on the uh on top of the cage. He's <laughs> just cracking me up.
1: Well, we want you guys to go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code in. There's plenty of things that are coming up to finish off this year to bet on with football, basketball, and MMA, a lot of top-level MMA events coming to your, to your TV. And also, things for you guys to bet on. I cannot wait for you guys to start winning some money. If you guys listen to Big John and myself, we will give you some of our predictions. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code In Let me say that one more time for you guys. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WAYNEIN, and We're going to try to help you win some money. Look, a lot of people are going to look at how Nemcoff performed, what happened in the first round. They're going to look at the rest of the fight. I'm going to say this. Anytime you get somebody like a Julius Inglitskis and you are stuck fighting him on short notice, there's not much out there about him. You just know he has a good record. You just know that he's big. You know that he's strong. You've seen him in passing in, in other fights in the, this type of situation. You've seen him dominate other fighters. So in that first round, he was touching him. He got clipped, rocked. Everything was flashing before his eyes. Shit, I'm going to lose the title. I'm going to do this. Then he got his game plan together and just realized that Julius couldn't stop his takedown. And once he got on top, he had all. nothing from the back. He had nothing from the back. He had no submission attempts. They were too slow to, to attack on him. And he was sure he was physically strong. But I take away the strength when I put you on your back. You're not as strong when you're on your back. And you're carrying my weight as well That's as true. having to get yourself up. You know, And any type of strength or size advantage you had is when I put you on your back, a lot of that is negated. And so he fought a very smart fight after that. People weren't impre- maybe some people weren't impressed with his performance. I wasn't overly impressed with his performance either. And I'm not going to sit I here was. and blow sunshine up your ass and tell you I was. I was impressed with the fact that he he made the adjustment and he was able to change the game plan. Yeah, after the first round, and actually three quarters of the way through the first round, he made the adjustment and he kept going to the well after that. That's there fight you know. IQ. Hello. But but even then the performance wasn't that great for me. Like it should have been finished a little bit sooner. There was opportunities there for him to but then you're dealing with somebody that you don't really know. You don't know what they have left in the tank. You haven't seen him fight at the That's highest right. level with some of the other guys. And That's so That's right. And you I, I haven't wanna... seen yet
0: yeah, you have not seen him respond to being damaged. Yeah. Now you have. And you mm-hmm. you know, hey man, Julius and Angli- he can be the nail and he'll stick he'll stay in the fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he. I thought. I thought he showed a lot. He's tough. He's just not ready, just quite yet for that yeah, level. But it was he's, just that level tough. change. Yeah, it's just the level. Like he, he's just not ready. He's he's there, but he's just not. He's not ready to jump right to the champ. That was the yeah. thing. You you want to have a couple fights in there, you know, to get to that to the champ status. And so, I mean, I understood why he took the fight, but sometimes that next step helps you get to the next step because if you don't have
0: it, it's too big of a jump and that was just too big of a jump. But let's break this down a little bit, and and let's be honest about Nemkov. First off, Nemkov's wrestling is way better than people give him credit for. This is a guy that now trains with the Russian national team. And anybody that knows what the Russians are like in the wrestling world, look, technique-wise, they're unbelievable. And his technique is he gets guys all the time, and puts him where he wants. He puts Phil Davis where he wants at times. And if you can do that to Phil Davis. And then you watch Julius Anglicis. Who was a good wrestler. Could not stop anything he did. Not at all. Yes he got hit with a big shot. And he got on his butt. But immediately said okay. I need to protect myself. Shoots in. Gets the takedown. Stays in the top position throughout the round. You know, Gets himself back to where. He actually wins the round. Mm-hmm. And then. In the next round, he 10-8s him, Josh. He yeah. beat the piss out of him. I mean, and Glickskis had zero offense for that entire round. He was defending the entire time and getting smashed. All right. Going into the third round, a little bit slower. Fourth round was damaging. He gets the submission and was smart about going because he went in the third round. He went after the two arm bars. And you look and you go, it's probably not the good setup because yeah. he knows where you're going. Well, you know. And so I will agree with you. Look, when you're showing the setup and he's not in that position where he is broken, you can't get you can't go for that submission.
1: Don't force it. Exactly. Because you know, a guy like got, Corey Anderson is going to get on top and make you and yeah, smash you. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. But
0: that's a learning thing where you go, okay, I forced it, can't do that. Hmm. But overall, one punch, one punch was the only yeah. thing that a very good fighter in Julius Englick has had for that entire fight.
1: Yeah, very true. I mean now, I mean like you have Corey Anderson versus Nemkov. How do you see that fight going?
0: I'll tell you what, man. I see you know, I, obviously both guys are fantastic. Nemkov is continuing to get better and, and if there's one thing I know off of his team, they've been looking at Corey Anderson because they looked across the way at the other bracket. And that was the guy they picked to win that bracket. I've, you know, I've talked with them, and they're right. He's the guy that won that bracket. So they've already been looking at him and kind of figuring things out and watching him. And that's what good teams do. You don't prepare for him at that time, but you start, you know, breaking him down and understanding where he's strong and where you think you can take advantage of him. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that when Corey kind of looked at those things, he thought he thought, I think. Uh, Nemkov's going to still have that title, and that's the guy I'm going to fight. So they've been looking at each other. I think that the wrestling of Corey is good, but it's not better than Vadim's. And he's going to have to. Eh, it's MMA wrestling. It's not. It's MMA wrestling, man. It's not that Corey can't take Vadim down. I do believe he can, but I do believe that Vadim can take Corey down. And it all depends on who starts to overextend and everything. The one thing that I really like that I've seen from Corey is he's been really very patient with his footwork and his feints. He's been setting guys up with those feints to work on, not at the moment, but I'm going to give you that same feint in the second round or later on in this first round, and I'm going to then try to counter you when you bite on my fake. And he's been doing a really good job with that. And we'll see. Gas tank-wise is the thing that really would be the thing I would look at and be concerned with if I'm in Vadim's corner. Because not that Vadim, he, he looked great. And, and if there was one thing you looked at in this fight with Anglicis, he was fine. There was no, he was in no way out of, sh- uh, out of breath. I was watching his diaphragm. You know, he was, But he was in control and he was controlling the pace of the fight, and so it was not something he was being pushed. Corey Anderson's got a gas tank. Corey Anderson can push the pace. So can Corey Anderson use that as a weapon and weaponize his conditioning and push Vadim to a point where Vadim, who I have seen before, break down over conditioning,
1: have a problem? Yeah. All right, I'm not going to put it as nicely as you, Okay, as <laughs> <Yes>, you did. <laughs> I think Corey runs away with this fight. Uh, I don't know if the I don't know if all. the Deem gets out of the third round. Okay, uh, I think I think Corey is the better wrestler. Um, I think he's a better MMA wrestler as well. I think on the feet, Corey's going to stiff the jab, and I I agree with you on the feints. I mean, you picked it up from me yesterday when I was talking about it because I brought up the feints, so you just stole my <laughs> content. I get it. It's been happening a lot lately. <laughs> Um, uh, the faints, the faints will be key because what's going to happen is those faints lead to him being on ice skates. He's going to have yeah. to be worried about, is he going to shoot? Is he going to hit him with a jab? And I think the speed factor, I know that Nemkov is normally the faster fighter. Corey's pretty damn fast. You know what I mean? So I, I'm going to say that the speed will kind of cancel itself out. I give Corey the wrestling advantage. Um, he's going to have the reach advantage. I don't know by much, but he'll have a reach advantage. Um, the speed is, like I said, cancel each other out. The wrestling is going to go to Corey. I think the top position is going to go to Corey. Corey is going to be hard to submit. Okay. I know nemkov has got some good transitions. He's got good takedowns. He's not a takedown, but good submissions from his back, but he needs to get up. He can't afford to be on bottom taking shots. True. Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson's got, like he says, ground and pound, baby. He's got, he's got some nasty ground and pound. So Nemkov can't afford to do what he did with Ryan Bader a little bit. And start swiveling his hips, you know, and trying to hit the submission. I I believe it's got to be sweep, submit, get up, submit, sweep, get up, that type of stuff. Hit, you know, shoot your shot. If you don't get the submission, kick him back and get back to your feet. Do what True. you can to get out of that position. Because if you if he wastes if he wastes too much time in the first two or three rounds on his back, it's gonna be a snowball effect. Corey's gonna just keep making it easier to take him down and start smashing him some more. I I like Nemkov. I think. I just think that he leaves himself out of position a little bit too much, and that's what he got caught by Anglitzkiss. Times he does, and even though you say he wasn't tired, he he wasn't tired. I don't think he was. But what I didn't like, though, is that even though he wasn't tired, he wasn't fighting at the pace that he was in the first two rounds. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know. I know what you're Corey saying. Corey will maintain a steady, fast. No, pace. he'll build upon it. Yes, exactly. And the more he lands, the more he wrestles, the more I see him just starting to just run over Nemkov. And I'm not saying it's gonna. It's not. I j- I just think that it's gonna end up happening where Nemkov's gonna make himself. T- he's gonna end up being too tired and not be able to. He's not gonna be able to stop the onslaught that Corey Anderson's gonna deliver. Okay. And I think that's what's gonna be. I think that's what's gonna be the factor. Now I know that they're gonna they're gonna come with a good game plan. And I think it, now that I've said this. And I'm thinking about it, it's going to be probably a better fight than I was was thinking it was going to be now that I've it's be balls in my head. A, well, it, it, listen,
0: you know, I say the wrestling is actually even. That's what I believe. And, and normally I would say Corey's, I think, it was better, but I think it's, it's even. I think the speed factor is even, just like you said. Yeah. I do believe that it, it cancels each other out. I believe punching power is very similar, too. I believe kicks go to Nemkov. Yes. I believe ground and pound goes to Corey. Yeah. So th- they both have their elements, but it's, it's a good – this is a good matchup. You can't ask yeah. for
1: anything better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, hey, Dave, let's get into some news because we've been talking for quite a while. Oh, yeah, Bobby. Let's get into some news.
2: Well, well as a podcast, so you know, I would expect that. But <laughs>
1: Anyway, so – I'm going to sock you in the damn face. I'm going to see you next <laughs> <Hey>, week, Dave. <laughs> I'm coming to Dallas uh,
0: just to punch uh, you in the uh, mouth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Alright, All right, so, so, um, this first story we're going to talk about, um, you know, you guys have obviously had some conflict uh, with the media lately, right? And so, like, this story is very fitting. <laughs> we, what none of, us have, none of us have had conflict with media, uh, no. uh you know, just throwing punches. I at
1: mean, Josh. a lot of these guys are just clout chasers, just trying to chase after <laughs> our success. That's really what it is. So, <laughs> uh,
2: no, uh, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, guys. Former UFC fighter Michael Graves, um. Had a DM leak with a reporter recently, um, and you know the the reporter Amy Kaplan came out and said, "Hey, Michael Graves, you want to take your threats public or just DM? I'm not scared of you." Uh, tagged Titan Fighting, who I think he's fight for now, and then re released a screenshot of the te- the messages. And I'm gonna you know blur out some of these words because they're really not appropriate for this uh, platform, but not for um, our podcast. He <laughs> he says, um. Michael DMs Amy and says, keep the kids out of it. Be a social justice warrior all you want. Don't forget there's real warriors out here. Amy says, I'm a domestic violence survivor and get very heated about this topic. We are all allowed our opinions. You don't have to like it. Is that a threat, lol. He says, OMG, Amy, lol, possible. You go show these messages to the expletive ex- expl- expl- in the media department of the UFC or the chief of police. If you're expletive ass i see you a threat you must be another expletive sick of you people in our world and then uh you know that's kind of where it is but you know not great to see you know there's kind of a lot of this right now with media people and fighters and you know so here we go
1: ah uh, john
2: good you go john, i
1: don't <laughs> even know i don't even know where to start <laughs> First off, look, Amy Kaplan. Can you pull up a picture of her? I'm trying to remember if I know her or not. I sounds know Amy. familiar. I know Amy. Sure She's a good know. person. Let me see. Amy, Let's do see I know you? you? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. okay. So look, Amy, I'm just talking like directly, strictly. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care what he said. I do care what he said. But I'm saying in terms of whether it was private or and you made it public, fine. Do whatever. That's fine. I feel like this is that that pushing towards the cancel culture of let me tag his the the company he fights for. Look, it's going to get around. But you doing that, that's I, I mean, like it just it's going to instigate even more problems, more issues, more hate, more divisiveness. All of the stuff that comes along with this type of shit, these type of words, these it's it's not it's not right. What he did, what he said. Nope. Um. But it's also not right. that She's like, hey, let me just tag your boss. It's This is, he shouldn't have said it. I get it. And he shouldn't have put it on social media. Or he shouldn't have had it out. Just stay out of people's DMs. That's one thing. You know? And like, dude, she's media. Who gives a shit? Like, leave it alone. Like, why get involved in these type of things? These are not these, these are the type of conversations that nothing good ever comes of from social media. It doesn't matter what you say. Uh, it will never be resolved on fucking Twitter. Stop. People need to stop with this. Twitter this. does not resolve
0: it, disputes.
1: It, does it only not. inflames them. <laughs> yes. This is the that's why honestly, look, when we when people talk about the were with the aerial stuff, people were sending me a bunch of shit. And I was like, you know what? I started having fun with it. I'm over here collecting W's, baby. I give two shits about all this stuff on Twitter. Like it's just fun. When I get stuck between flights and I'm at the I'm at the airport, you know, in the Delta Sky Club, enjoying my my you know forty dollar margarita. I'm sitting there literally just going and laughing and thinking of all the gifts and memes that I can post to make fun of the people on Twitter trying to have a serious conversation. That's and then, how dumb then, this then is. Then you can tell
0: them that I am texting you back saying, "What the fuck are you doing?"
1: I think it's so great. I think it's so great because people like they'll uh, they'll they're on there. I'll I'll hit send, and I kid you not, within like thirty seconds, they're waiting for a response. Like it's 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 crazy to think that I, that myself. I mean, I'm not even that. You know, I'm not a I'm not super popular, but I have that much control of the trolls that are on my Twitter handle. It's great. Come to me. Come to Poppy. Come here. Oh, come, come to, here. Oh. <laughs> come to Poppy. Poppy. I love it. You, you, you post something in there, but this situation here, don't do it. Like what he said was stupid beyond stupid. All the stuff you, that he's, it's and ridiculous. He, don't look, do it. And, and, and nothing against Michael Graves. You can't
0: win this. You, yeah. you don't have, you don't have the, you're not, you're not someone that has the social media backing to, even come close to winning this she's got the bigger microphone she's the reporter she's going to be able to start to write things and you're always going to get pissed off let it go yeah. walk away we we don't we don't you don't get into these types of fights it's just no not I do worth I it do. yeah no, I, I know do. you do <laughs> it's like <laughs> they're so fun to me yeah. uh,
1: but no but here's the things you can't let it get serious and that's the problem no well it like got for me serious,
0: it, re- it really got serious when Amy brings up I'm a domestic violence survivor and stuff and, and amy if that have i i'm sorry I'm, i apologize that you had to go through that but this is not domestic violence what's happening here with michael Gray? that's not domestic violence yeah. and so you know uh it's just a situation no one's gonna win at this stop
1: yeah i don't know Anyways. Okay
2: sad to see all right um let's get into some fantasy booking here so someone asked said like teddy atlas about um a fight between tyson fury and francis Ngannou. obviously stated the obvious about uh tyson's been training boxing since he was 12 years old um you know not not a whole lot more on the topic but mm-hmm. with that what do you guys think about this fantasy fight
0: Yeah, uh, boxing or fight? mma
2: um a- <laughs> I'd probably say boxing because uh, Teddy Atlas does kind of favor the boxing, right? Dude, let's
0: just be honest. Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight boxer in the world right now, by far, and, and just getting better. Is it better. by far,
1: though? Is it by yeah, far? Yeah, right by far. A little well, let's by just, far, okay. Okay. You, okay. you got a, tri- you got a trilogy
0: oh, nice. with Deontay. Which Which one did Deontay win?
1: Uh, he wasn't winning any of them. Okay. He wasn't, so, wasn't winning. I don't even think the first one was a draw.
0: Well, okay, and this is my point. Which one did he win? He didn't win any of them. What, so,
1: what other guys? What other guys are at that weight class? Well, come on, I mean, Anthony like, you know, Joshua. I said I've said before. You, you Chris think Arreale Anthony Joshua is, is going to be him? No, Look, <laughs> you, guys, you guys, you guys got to kill I want to explain this because I know that people are like, man, he does. You could tell he doesn't know anything about boxing. The thing is, here, I know Chris. I've seen Chris on the circuit for for years because uh, I used to work with a, a pro boxer and I used to coach and corner him for his, his conditioning and stuff. And so I christened him or uh on the same cars. They were managed by Goose and Tudor. And so they were. And so I, I, followed chris and the other thing as well is that chris you're right chris is getting older he's he's yeah. gonna struggle against the top level guys but he did but just have a really good fight against and a great Ruiz. fight against andrew great great fight great performance probably the best he's looked in a long long time yes, that's sir. why i kept bringing him up i like to try to be positive and shoot him in there a little bit here and there but there are obviously there's a lot of other top heavyweight boxers that uh, belong above him above Whoa. chris but i kept saying it just because i knew it was Bucky but you, john as well <laughs> this this <laughs> is the I thing with driving you nuts
0: <laughs> this is the thing with francis look francis is a stud and he's got power do you think that guy that he fought in those trilogies has no power in his hands deontay hits every bit as hard as francis ngano okay so the power of francis is not going to be a problem for tyson fury if you're talking about this in a boxing ring tyson fury takes him every time in a boxing ring I'm not saying that Francis couldn't put him on his butt. It's a possibility, but he ain't gonna win the fight.
1: Here's the thing, John. What if it was a boxing back. match with MMA gloves? It changes the game.
0: It does change the game, especially defensively.
1: Yeah, you know, not just defensively, but then a lot of the, the a lot of the 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 slappy shots that Tyson hits with those aren't going to be as effective. Because the memory won't be cut. No, because of all the, I mean, I mean, like, look, defensively, right? They've got bigger gloves. So they can block I more. Admit. Yeah, huge difference. Yeah. Francis. Yeah, I just, I think it'd be, that would make for a fun fight. If you're going to say it's not MMA, because Francis would have the 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 nod on the MMA scene. But if you made it a boxing match with MMA gloves, I think it'd make it for an, a more interesting fight. I'm not saying that Francis would win. I'm saying that it would, make, it would change things but up a little bit. Think of the fight. Think of the fight
0: that you could have an MMA with Francis Ngannou, that he would be the guy shooting for takedowns.
1: <laughs> that'd be the fight, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's be honest. But I think stylistically, in, in MMA gloves, it would change because a lot of how defensively he is, Tyson Fury is with the bigger, puffier gloves, Yeah, will so, change. And
0: Obviously, it would have to change because he's used to using mm-hmm. something that's got a lot more frontal face area not it's not the cushioning it's the area that it covers that he can use to actually part you know parry you know the shots of his opponent and everything so Mm -hmm. it's uh it it definitely would change things but that's all fantasy stuff that that fights yeah
1: we gave this shit way too much
0: time wait okay (laughs) go go ahead
2: Dave. all right um next story is uh around john jones and the the statement that came out from Jackson Wink about him being kicked off the team basic, basically is what it was said um, and then John Jones put out a tweet that basically said um, you know, he kind of talked about the being dismissed from the team and then saying thanks to the people that are sticking with me um, and then Chael came out kind of attacked John for saying uh, calling that tweet disgusting um, and then Jones replies to Chael deletes that tweet as well so, you know, the chill thing. What, aside, was, what was
1: Jones? What was Jones' reply to Chael?
2: He said, "At four thirty-three in the very first round, and still living rent-free."
1: <laughs> I don't know why he would delete that. I mean, it's I true. Know. So why would you uh, delete not, not it? Not one,
0: up. not one bit of it you could say, except for yeah. maybe living rent-free because I think actually that Chael yeah. lives more in John's head. In John's
1: head, yeah.
0: He, let, it, let, let's. Okay, Josh, you're a guy that owns a gym. All right. Unfortunately, Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I've been a guy that owns a gym. I want, I want people to think about this. And this is where, when you're Mike Winkle, John and Greg Jackson, and I'm sure that Mike and Greg talked about this and I'm not, but Mike is the guy that told John, look, and he didn't kick him off of anything. He said, Hey, right now I can't have you coming to the gym. Now understand this is a martial arts gym. This is a business gym. And although John Jones does bring business to that gym and does bring money based upon his fights due to the trainer pay that uh, Mike John, and Greg Jackson get, they've got a lot of kids and parents walking in the doors of that gym. Well, now you've got a guy that has had multiple things happen and now has a domestic violence thing happen. You're forcing them to be in the position of, hey, right now I can't have you come to the gym because... They have a business and it does something you know, yes, they can side with you and they can say, oh, it doesn't matter because we don't know what happened yet and everything and they know enough. And again, I'm going to go right back to the one thing and I, I'm not going to say anything about John's fiance and, and what she said or what marks were on her or anything like that. I will go to his daughter who told a security person, please call the police. When your daughter is asking someone to call the police on her father, there's a problem. And if you can't figure that out, whether there was people that were touched or not, when they're asking someone to bring law enforcement in because their father is someone that they are actually afraid of at this time, of doing violence or doing something to their mother, you got to look and go, hey man, you can't have it. And so Mike Winklejohn is saying, I've got a lot of kids. I got. I have a martial arts program. I have a school here, and is the one worth more than the many? He's in a bad position, so he makes a decision off of that. Yeah, I don't see anything remember. wrong that he did.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a business, and he has it's to. And, and people need to understand. That the gym doesn't run because of the fighters. Everyone thinks like, oh, AKA, AKA is run by all the fighters. No. no. AKA, AKA has 500 members, 600 members that keep that place That's afloat. That's what that opens pay, the door. That, that pay 200-something dollars a month. That's what That's keeps right. the doors open so those fighters have a place to train. It's not the fighters and the pay and all the shit that they... No, it's not. That's not what keeps the gym open. If anything, that will bring people in, but it will also take people out it it also runs like people away yeah it does it runs people away but then when something like this happens like with the john jones situation there could have been members there and been like hey i'm not bringing my kids i'm and there could have been a big group of them saying i'm not bringing my kids here anymore if he's there if he's i'm not gonna let my my wife is not allowed to train there anymore or i don't want my wife training there okay because john jones is there you know those are those are things that as much as he maybe has brought business in, yeah, as much as he's maybe brought business in in run one fell swoop, out. he can run business out. And so that affects their that affects their bottom line. And when that affects their bottom line, they've got to make a decision. And so that's kind of what they did. Now not to say that he won't be back. He may be back, yeah. but right now they've got to let the dust settle.
2: Exactly. All right, next. All right, last story. We're gonna end on a high note. Rumble posted uh, on Instagram that basically he's through whatever it was going on. You know he posted the whole thing with the glass jar the bacteria and all that that we talked about before but now he just posted one he says we're done thank you all for the prayers y'all are a hell of a support system and you know implying that he's on the road to recovery
1: Yeah. yep i talked to him on uh friday and then uh we chatted a little bit yesterday yesterday was saturday yes yep so i chatted a little bit with him yesterday too just through text um he's like yeah the hard part's over he's like you know i'm, I'm already feeling a lot better and so um you know he's like now it's just a wait and see and i don't want to get into details of what it's all about and stuff but uh it doesn't matter he said he, he, yeah he said he's he said he's feeling better he doesn't know uh he's not really looking past you know the next day and the day after and the day after but he's like you know obviously the doctors are telling him that everything's on schedule looking good be looking really good so as long as it stays that way Uh, we may see him fight again if we never see him fight again i mean at least he'll be healthy at least he'll be uh you know able to carry on that's the most important part
0: look i look at it this way aj i'm glad you're feeling better i'm glad you're getting healthier uh not worried about you fighting at all if that's what you end up being able to go and do and that's what you want awesome but i'm very glad that you are getting healthier take your time do the right things to get yourself back and you know It's eye opening and people need to understand fighters are just people. They're no different and they get scared. And when your life, you you're in a position where someone's telling you, Hey, you, you, you don't seem to understand your body's shutting down. Your, your life is in danger here. You know, it'll change your perspective. It'll change your outlook and on what's important. And I think, you know, rumble had a scare and, uh, and. I'm sorry that that happened to him, but he's he's gonna make it through it. That's all that really matters. Yeah. And whatever he decides to do in the future, best to him.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, guys, go to ProWrestlingTees.com dot slash Wayne in use the promo code and still say that use one that more promo time. Code, yep. Promo code and still. Thank you. And uh, that's it. ProWrestlingTees.com dot slash Wayne in. And you guys pick up one of our shirts there and you know, do us all a favor we'll rep that stuff put it on put it on your twitter be proud in it. we'll read we'll retweet it for you we'll we'll share you repping our brand we appreciate you guys and we want to thank you guys so much also hit the subscribe button um, for all of our audio platforms which is what we're really trying to build that up as well so if you guys go to spotify itunes soundcloud google play all of those Platforms, you hit the subscribe button there is for our audio platforms. You guys now having to drive to and from work, listen to us in the car. So, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the show. I felt a little low energy today, but I hope you guys understand. I'm a little tired. I'm, I wouldn't say hungover, but a little bit of a. I'd say hungover. I got a little bit of a. <laughs> hungover. a bit You're of a hungover. There. Yeah. So. You have a fever? Yeah. What's yeah. it called? I said, what's that thing called? It's, uh, it's called like. It's uh, called Booth Sweats. The morning. No, it's called the morning frog. it's called the you, morning frog? Got yeah. a little bit of the fr- was the morning frog More, morning That's froggy like there you go you got boost sweats bit of that going on i got a little bit of that going on so <laughs> all right guys i hope you guys enjoyed it and john you can take us off the air
0: i think i will do that by saying thank you to everyone for listening and we will see you later